Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you being with us. So, my goodness gracious, we got a lot going on, don't we? This is the Doug and Dave Intel Report. And, uh, <laughs> listen, we have so much crap going on right now. And we have a hard time choosing what to cover. But uh, I think we're going to have to center on Fauci. My friend Tom Renz, the lawyer for the frontline doctors, has come out with a stunning statement. But I said, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. He said the same thing on my show in September and can't wait can't wait to get him back on uh, with us again of course is Doug Thornton he's the Doug in the Doug and Dave Intel report you used to know him as Wrecker and all you people who used to say Dave doesn't have those secret sources there's no Wrecker these friend just faking it okay thank you very much here we are um, <laughs> same with Vance Davis when he used to come on as NSA guy Remember? All of a sudden he became Vance Davis. We have those sources, folks. Anyway, those sources bring us good info, and you're going to get good info today. Before we go to Doug, I need to let you know that the government is grabbing control of the food supply increasingly. Chinese own 30 million farm acres. I can go on and on and on. There are 23 impediments to the food supply, and if war breaks out, you ever wondered how they were going to force you to eat uh, bugs and uh, fake lab meat and all that stuff? Remember that? Well, this is how. When war breaks out, the resources all go to the troops. Look at World War II, folks. Food stamps, gasoline rationing cards. Uh, it's going to happen, and you better darn well have storable food. How much? I think two years in, in seeds, and that's what Bob Griswold says. And I used to think that was a lot. Now I'm wondering if it's enough. I'm being very serious, folks. This is really, really a problem. So storable food and the good news is my patriot supply is one of the few left the government's bought out some of our competitors some of our competitors couldn't meet demand and they went out of business some are operating at a shell capacity we're at the same price we still have specials you'll see the one when you go to preparewithdave.com 2,000 calories per day it tastes good lots of diversity with breakfast lunch and dinner and variety within those meals 25 year shelf life um, you don't have a lot of time and it's time that you got food prepped unless you want them to say well you can eat if you come on this side of the wire FEMA camps by the way if you're not a member of the common sense show TV you should be because Doug and Dave did a report on concentration camps Nazi Germany and related it to today it's scary it's very scary. Anyway, to get your storable food, preparewithdave.com. Doug, glad you're here, man. We got a lot, a lot of work to do. We could literally do this every day. We could just have the Doug and Dave show because there's so dang much to cover. Well, you know, I guess you could say, thankfully, there's always entertainment out there on the news. But sadly, we are starting to really be affected by it. You know, first off, let me tip the hat to Tom Renz. Tom Renz is an outstanding attorney, really did some investigation here. And what we were originally spitballing is uh, what happened today with Tom Renz. And uh, Tom Renz and Lee Dunas cover how the uh, Department of Defense have covered up the massive increases in miscarriages, uh, cancer, neurological damage, 
and hiding the data being collected in Project Salus, which is a DOD operation, which shows 71%, Dave, of new COVID cases and 61% of hospitalizations are from fully vaccinated patients. Now, just wait for it for a second. Who else out there was talking about the potentials of vaccine damage? Who else out there was talking about how the lab rats that were given the vaccine all died? And now people are starting to, unfortunately, pass away and have extremely severe uh, medical illnesses and injuries from these vaccines. The government's telling you they won't be able to investigate it for another 70 years. By then, we'll all be dead if we keep taking the vaccines. What we're seeing is medical malpractice that is at a level that I don't think, Dave, the world has ever seen before. And we have one man, as per usual lately, to blame it all on. And it's not Joe Biden for once. It's Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci is up to his big floppy ears in the malpractice. He has become the new Dr. Death. He has become the new angel of death, the new Joseph Mangala of the 21st century. This man knows what he's doing. He knows how dangerous these drugs are. Dave, he has to know how dangerous creating COVID was. He has to know how dangerous making hemorrhagic <laughs> fever uh, with whatever carrier is going to be attached to it. He knows how dangerous that Frankenstein is, but he does it anyways, Dave. And he has released this madness upon the world. Dave, do you think someone told him to do it, or do you think it was all next? He is Bill Gates, agent of depopulation. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Georgia Guidestones, right? Try to get the, the was it America's population or the world's population under 500 million? You know, by the Deagle report, come 2024, 2025, there's only going to be how many Americans, Dave? Um... 250 80, million, million killed, 80 million left. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they're, they're telling you, folks, they're telling you the projections of what they want the future to be. And they are doing everything they can to guide us into that future. That's why the red wave, the wave of freedom, is so important. Dave, let's talk about something real quick. Let's talk about what's happening in Canada. Canada. I'm afraid. Is, I'm afraid what you're going to bring up. Canada. Well, there's a couple things. Jeez, I I could I could really go down a rabbit hole on this one. But right now in Canada, there are hundreds of thousands of protesters in in 18 wheelers, and then the families of the big rig drivers that are following them, that are going to go from one side of Canada to the other and protesting and shutting down the spread of goods, produce, uh, you know, meat, whatever it is that they're hauling, until the politicians finally witness them and stop and listen to them. That is the type of protest. That is the type of rebellion that we need in America. <laughs> we don't need this January 6th trap that the government set up for everybody. 
We don't need the whole, we should go and take down the government. That mindset is not going to work in today's America. It's just not going to. What we need is to grind the gears of the American war machine to a halt until the politicians have no other choice but to look at us, until the billionaire organizations have no other choice but to look at their workers and listen to us. We have a tactical advantage. It's called the logistical train. We drive the logistical train. The politicians and the military-industrial complex and all these other idiots, they're just passengers. They're in the rich people coat. You know, that's that's where they're all drinking champagne and they have the cellos playing. You know, the rest of us, we're just along for the ride. But we drive the train, Dave. We can stop it whenever we want to. Yeah, I have two reactions here. Lightning has just struck twice at the Common Sense Show. Here we go. Let me pull this up here. Um, I suspect this is from Kevin Annette, a really good journalist in uh, Canada who's risking his life. I don't know if this comes from Kevin, but it sounds like Kevin. Communist Chinese troops have been embedded into Native American reservations in Canada. No secret. Kevin and I did a show on it. Sarah Westall's covered it ad nauseum. So it's, it's true. This is what I was sent today, and I don't recognize the sender. Trudeau is calling out communist Chinese troops in the form of UN peacekeepers in Canada to deal with the, quote, trucker terrorist organization. <laughs> and uh, I, I have a further reaction. They say they're going to shut down all the meals. They're going to shut down everything with regard to food. The only people that's going to hurt are the citizens. The elite will still have enough to eat. In fact, actually, the truckers may, you know, um, unintentionally be helping because nothing like food shortage to make one compliant. So I'm concerned about the, what they want to do. If they Well, were... that's going to, but it's, effect, it's affecting us as well, though. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I think the citizens are the only ones that are going to be affected by a food shortage that this strike will produce. It won't affect the people that we need to reach. Trudeau will still have his three meals a day and his bottle of champagne. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, the people who feed Trudeau won't. And I don't see Trudeau getting up and making his own bowl of cereal. So, you know, all the, all the handlers... All the the security apparatus, all the people who handle his logistics, when they're the ones who are affected, they're going to be complaining to the bosses as well. You can't keep everybody happy. They can go down to their bunkers. They can go into NORAD. They can go into you know their doomsday device houses, and they can try and last for as long as they want. But when you can't feed your security force, you have no security. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's the I guess you could say the, the bad way to look at it. But it is one way to look at it. But it's one way for us to unite. And that's the thing that we need to do. We need to learn to unite without having to trigger a violent war within our country. I I don't know, Dave, maybe it's me. Maybe you know, I've already I've already did my my pumps tie rack. 
I don't want to have to see war in America, especially not while I have small children. And I don't wish that for anybody. Uh, war is very, it's very dark. It's very ugly. And when you see children die, that is not, um, that's not what you want your own children to also experience and see. And I think if we don't find a way to capture the audience, which is the politicians and big tech and all these other idiots that are out there, if we don't grab their attention, people are just going to get the pitchforks and they're going to start setting businesses on fire again. Yeah, and it won't be. It won't necessarily be Antifa. BLM. Yeah, I, I agree. It won't necessarily be Antifa. Yeah. Um, let me read to you something else here. This is from the University of Chicago, probably the most liberal university in the country. But even these students who are liberal adherents, they've had enough. Their school newspaper, University of Chicago must end its vaccine mandate. We demand you Chicago return to in-person learning. I'm reading the titles of all these uh, um Editorial, Seven Ways Absurd Campus COVID Rules Defraud the Students. Unvaxxed and Undermine How Chicago, University of Chicago Prosecuted Me for Refusing COVID. Allow me to hear in class, please end the inhumane, ineffective mask mandate. Um, we are not lab rats, is another one. <coughs> um, okay, so, and I'll go down a few other uh, things here that they have for headlines. This is really interesting. Join our petition to end University of Chicago's booster mandate. That petition will be on the Common Sense Show. You can see it, and I'll keep reposting it every other day, so before it goes off our front page. Um, Dr. Emily Landon is the face of anti-science COVID degrees. We're going to give her a lot of attention. Conversely, a professor, Fulton Brown, uh, demands University of Chicago stop the COVID lunacy. Um, University of Chicago reiterates cruel mask uh, uh, policy. Um, they're calling the policy idiocy. And listen to this, Doug. Listen to this. The teachers in the medical staff do not have to adhere to the COVID policies. How do you like them apples? Rules for thee, but not for me. Exactly. Well, yeah. let me uh, let me pull this up right here. I'm gonna pull up there. Uh, I wish we were on TV right now, um, but I'm looking here at the petition. Click here to sign. Well, good. Okay. I I hope University of Chicago likes all the attention that I'm going to bring to it. Now, let me share this with you. No one goes to the University of Chicago unless they're a flaming liberal. And I'm being very serious about that. They know what they're getting when they're there. They have leftist professors and they understand this. This is a reaction to BS medical policies that aren't medical, aren't science, they're about control. So liberals are even alienating the liberals. Isn't that amazing? Well, that's this is the thing is eventually people will only take this so long until they can't live a normal life. And then out of that population, only so many people will be able to take that mindset for so long until they get tired of it. And then you have the extremes 
who want that absolute control and they want to be controlled. They want to be told what to do. They want to be shown which direction of the street they should always walk on and which fork the, the hand should always pick up. It's, it's, a, it's a strange thing in human behavior, capitulation. It's strange because I relate it back to, uh, you know, wartime training for people who get caught in a hostage situation. You know, if you look at, if you look at the way people will eventually be beaten into submission, once it's all done with, they want to stay in submission. Yes. And it, it's a, it's a interesting play of play on words when it comes to the mind. And that's what it brings up to me is you have people, especially our young people, Dave, who are very susceptible. They are uh, easily confused for whatever reason. Now, uh, back when I was growing up, man, I mean, you know, kids were smart generally. Uh, now it seems kids are dumb generally. I, I, maybe that's a social media and video game problem. Maybe that's a, that's a societal problem. But it damn sure seems to be a political problem. You know, the problem now, it's just like in Nazi Germany. When the stormtroopers, the SA, were being used by Hitler, they were being used as a, a bully tactic to intimidate, through, uh, to coerce through intimidation and terror any political dissident who did not like Nazi Germany. And what they would do is then they would harass, they would bully, they would intimidate, they would brutalize, kill, they would maim, they would rape, and then they would also vandalize homes and businesses of anyone, to include Jews mainly, who were not what the Nazis deemed to be fit for their new society. Dave, we are not fit now for the Democrats, the extreme liberals' new society. But what these people are going to find is there's a lot more of us than there are them. The And that's when the playing field has to be cut in quarters. That's part of depopulation. They cannot allow free will and free-thinking people who still have access to firearms and testicles to want to be able to use these things to want freedom, to express their freedom, to love their God and their country, they don't want that. So they have to put a dampener on us at all times. And, you know, we're, we're past COVID, Dave. No one cares about COVID anymore. No one cares about Omicron or the Delta variant. So that's why they're going to release the hemorrhagic fever. And then you'll be more compliant whenever people are falling dead in the street because they're vomiting through their mouth in every orifice. And blood is coming everywhere. Blood scares everybody. That will oh, help boy. to get the sheeple back in line. You're right. You're and right. That that's that's what we're experiencing. I'm laughing because you went to the end of the line. Um, <laughs> uh, you said no one cares, though. Well, some people care. I'm reading about this Dr. Emily Landon from the University of Chicago, and she's spearheading all these archaic and ineffective practices. Uh, she said. Uh, um, Natural immunity doesn't work. Herd immunity is a myth. I mean, it's, it's just crazy what she's going on. And she even pictures, she said, anti-vax research shows a girl taking a crap on a toilet. This is in her tweet while she's on her phone allegedly doing research on anti-vax material. I'm being very serious. And then she shows an accompanying frame 
vaccination done in a laboratory, vaccination research. I mean, this is how uncouth this person is. Dr. Emily Landon and I are going to get very well acquainted um, through the commonsenseshow.com. But uh, so there are people, and by the way, they have, I verified this since we've been talking, they have indeed exempted all the medical professors, health professors from following these mandates. So they're so important that we must comply. But the very people who should believe in the most, the scientists, don't have to comply. What the hell? Well, you know, you know what this, what this doctor makes me think? Now, I'm going to offend a few people, and I do apologize, but just because you're smart, it doesn't make you intelligent. And I think intelligence, like like weaponry and like martial arts and sports, is something that has to be practiced over and over and for you to get really, really good at it. And if you stop using your intelligence, it can drift away. And what we see now are doctors who are put on this high pedestal in our society paid a lot of money, they're paid a lot of money, and then they start to drift away from society and they stay in the little rich frenzy groups. And I've noticed the doctors who are like this. And then when they have anybody who breaks out of that society, uh, like the current doctors that we see that are coming against the vaccines and against the mass mandates and applying intelligence, look at the difference with Dr. McCullough, the way this, this man talks how intelligent he is compared to the the average quack that is saying vaccines are good everyone should wear three to four masks you know i dr fauci now saying that we, we're gonna have to have four vaccines we uh, we are we are approaching a limit of the amount of crap that americans can take and i think this is where what me and you called last year was the time for protesting is now. We're going to start seeing major amounts of various types of protesting. When people start to lose their job, they lose their careers, their retirement, their futures, they are being kicked out of their home, their cars are being evicted. We are going to see people come out of the woodwork upset and you know, duly for uh, this malpractice, because it's killing everything, it's killing the economy. That's really a big thing. And it's killing common sense. And we, we can't sit here and say that we're the greatest country in the world anymore when we have doctors who make up science that can't be backed by other scientists. We have scientists who are calling other scientists crazy. You know, it, it's like, I don't know, I, I don't I don't want to go to this route. It, it's, it's like stupid calling dumb uh, moronic. It doesn't make sense anymore. We have truly bad actors within the government and within the universities who have a scheme and they're sticking to the scheme. And then you have doctors, brave doctors and nurses who are breaking out of that and who are trying to expose to everybody. Then this is what Tom Ritz is bringing up. Where all the malpractices leading to all the vaccine injuries and the deaths Dave, how many more professional athletes do we need to see fall over on the soccer field with a heart attack before someone goes, gee, you think the vaccine did it? How many more children have to die from the heart attack before parents go, gee, you think the vaccine did it? When are we going to wake up and realize everyone got poisoned 
by the vaccine. And now what's circulating, Dave, and I'll let you take this. Now what's circulating? Red states got a bad batch of the vaccine? Explain that. Yeah, I've heard that. Are, are, are we sure that happened? So, and once again, we, we, we walk along the line of conspiracy, Dave. Did it happen or is it the side effect? Is, is it that it, a bad batch was sent out to red states, which is kind of kind of weird to me that that would happen? But would you put it past them, Dave? Would you really put it past them? No. No, I know there's good batches and bad batches, but I don't know that they were divided by states. I, I'm not saying it's not likely. I would tend to want to believe it without evidence one way or the other than not believe it. But, you know, I don't know that that's the case. Yeah, we see the 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 bad part about this is the speculation sparks fear, which is something that we talk on the show about quite a bit. Twenty nineteen and twenty twenty was all about fear and panic. It seems that you know twenty one was the same thing, and I guess you could say twenty twenty two will be the same way. They want to spread fear and panic. Could it be misinformation that's used against us? I I, I say why not? Could it be that it's real? I say why not? Because I don't put anything past these people anymore. The thing that I can I can very well assume at this point is they really don't have our best interests at heart. We see too many people dropping dead from vaccines all around the world. We see too much of a cover-up all around the world on vaccines and on all these myths of COVID. And the doctors who are always state and government-run doctors, is that is that interesting? Always say the same thing. It's for the betterment of the societies, for the betterment of your fellow man, that you do this, that you do this. At this point in time, I, it's hard whenever I don't want to trust the doctors. You know what I mean? You want to think that someone who spent, you know, eight to 12 years in college to be able to save human lives is out there wanting to still save human lives and not willfully throw away human lives because of policy. Because everything that we see now is a misrepresentation, not of science, but of policy. We have doctors and lawyers, we have nurses and, and you name it, who are out there and they are giving us policy advice from politicians who are not doctors. And if they are, they're not yeah. current. <clears throat> I agree with that, totally. You're absolutely correct on that point. Um, yeah, just, you know, I, I don't know about the division of branches. I do know some bad goes some places and some little more benign goes to others. I do know that's true and verified that. I just don't know if it's red state, blue state divided. It makes sense it would be that way. And I'm curious, who would you point to that would know, excuse me, would know about this subject? Uh, I would ask CDC. That's who I would start with. I would go straight to the source, skip out all the media, and I'd go straight to the FDA, NIH, and CDC, and I'd ask for a statement from them to disprove it. Just like how we asked for the CDC to disprove 
the lab rats that all died from the vaccine, and they did not do that either. Just like how we asked the FDA to prove to us that there is efficacy of the vaccines and that it's not going to harm anyone. They didn't do that either. Once again, it was one of the reasons why it took so long to approve all this stuff. But even now, all the stuff the FDA, the FDA approved has not gone through the true verifications of a medical test. Hmm. So I, I don't know which direction that I would point to you because I don't know yeah. who is uh, more credible. Well, I do think it's likely they would direct bad batches to certain areas. I think that's highly likely. I just wish I could put my hands on the proof. And I have heard the military is getting the worst of the worst now. They weren't early, but that's what I've been told. Um, so it's not that I'm not in alignment with what you're saying I am. It's just a gray area with a lot of unanswered questions. And for us to stand up to really strong questioning from the left, I don't know that I have the evidence I need to validate the claim. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I don't know if we'll ever be able to to be given the actual evidence whenever they can hide it and create it whenever they want. Yeah. You know, these people, they can, they can create all the, uh, all the test requirements and then hide any evidence of the bad testing. You know, they couldn't hide the monkeys getting, uh, escaping from the car that flipped over in Pennsylvania, but they can go out and euthanize them real fast to cover it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since when do they bring in um, um, thermal sensor air uh, surveillance to capture uh, monkeys that escaped? There's something there they're not saying. Well, you know, and now the lady who had uh, mistakenly opened up one of the boxes that had the, I guess, monkey corpse or, or monkey that was in it. I believe, I believe it was a live monkey. She said that it hissed at her. Well, now she's having cold-like symptoms. We have all seen this movie, Outbreak, Contagion, yeah, Twelve Monkeys, The Walking Dead. You know, it, you, it, to me, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in narratives, and I think they are they are either recreating a narrative, or they're creating a new narrative. And uh, you know, the thing that's that really is the most troubling. We talked about it on the uh, TV show, Dave, and I think it's worth continuously bringing it up is the hemorrhagic fever portion. It's truly terrifying. It truly is. When you talk about Ebola, uh, that is, you know, it's now have being uh, re-engineered through gain of function. We don't know what this thing is going to do. We don't know exactly where it's at. We hear rumors that it's in China. We cannot verify every single source because, for one thing, it's China. But we know for a fact that it is out there. It was researched. It was created. CDC does have a patent for the inoculation for Ebola, but that means they would have had to have caught Ebola and they would have had to have Frankensteined it into some other monster to get this vaccine from it. I'm going to give it back to you. Um, what do you think it was in the monkeys, if you were to hazard a guess? If it was me, 
and I was that highway patrolman, and I'm on that call. I get dispatched. I, I go over to this uh, vehicle accident. The first thing I do is, you know, obviously I'm going to check, make sure everybody's okay, probably call EMS and a wrecker. And whenever you start to have to now quarantine off everything, you're setting a cordon, not allowing people to come in and out of that cordon, hopefully. Uh, and the next thing you're told is, hey, you know, I, I, who, who told them to do this is what I would want to know. Who told them probably over the phone and not over the radio, hey, uh, so-and-so, go grab your rifle, get your other two buddies, and go kill those damn monkeys. And I would probably answer that phone call as, why and do I need my gas mask? If you're telling me I need to go kill three or four monkeys that escaped the lab, I'm going to be immediately asking, what do they have? Obviously, it's probably something worse than rabies. You know, <laughs> If they came from a lab and they're going to another lab, what is it that I'm about to go shoot? You know, it, sh Should I shoot it from a very long distance away? Should I shoot it up close? You know, what do I do with the body after I've shot it? What if other creatures have touched it and contaminated it? Do you want me to shoot all the deer and squirrels that I see as well? You know, that's uh, that the the thing that probably would have uh, made me feel most comfortable, honestly, is whatever forest that they were in. If they would have just went and burnt the forest down, I probably would have felt a little bit better. But think about this, Dave. It's a small little monkey. It probably got up into a tree. If it has any type of contagion and it got up into a tree, it probably messed around with maybe birds or squirrels or other types of rodents that are now not caught spreading this as well. I'm not spreading disinformation. I'm not trying to spread fear, but that's just, that's fact. That's how animals pass animal to animal contagions. You know, if this monkey picked up something and it ate it, and then a bird flies by and picks it up, and then it eats it, and then it drops it over here and something else eats it. That's how these contagions really spread throughout the animal kingdom. What is it that we're going to be looking for eventually, what, within a week or two? Hmm. I don't know. Tough to say. We're going to stick away for a break while I'm going to think about that here. Ladies and gentlemen, getting food is only half of your resource problem for survival. Getting drinkable water is the other. And the one thing that I would tell you is you'll almost always have access to standing water. It just necessarily won't be drinkable standing water. So what you need is a really good water filtration system. Well, we have one. It's called the AquaPure Pro Water Filter. In fact, if you go to waterwithdave.com, you're going to see research there that compares what they do for effectiveness in filtering out impurities to the competition and there is no competition additionally because they're going to clear inventory they're offering this product for 40 percent off this is a no-brainer folks because on the fifth day of a crisis the naval war college says that waterborne illnesses become the number one cause of death don't be a victim you can't eat food if you don't have water and you need to get water and you're not going to be able to store as much as you might need so what you need is a water filter in fact I would recommend buying two or three because people steal things get lost things will break this is durable but do you really want to put all your eggs in one basket so go to waterwithdave.com that's waterwithdave.com 
We're talking with Doug Thornton and we're actually asking questions that don't have clear black and white answers, but they're questions that need to be asked. Is the Democratic Party, through their minions that are administrators in the federal government, deliberately trying to cause a higher spike rate and ultimately a death rate in red states? I think I would say I would believe it's true more than I wouldn't, but I don't know for a fact because I don't have the proof. All I know is they are shipping differential lethal and non-lethal batches to different locations. And then we're also looking at, will hemorrhagic fever come in, and I'll categorize it this way, be the uh, doomsday weapon of the Democratic Party that can't overcome the red wave. And then there, there won't be an election because the hemorrhagic fever is Ebola. Fauci's gain-of-function work in 2011 combined Ebola, which is defined as the same as hemorrhagic, with smallpox to enhance transmissibility. And I'm going to give you a stat. 44% of the people in the general area will contract this. This is from the government's own figures, NIH. 92% will die. This is serious stuff. This is what I believe is loose in China. They call it hemorrhagic but I think it's more likely gain-of-function cocktail drug that's a combination of Ebola, smallpox. It's raging through China. They're worried about it wrecking the Olympics, so they have locked everything down. And here is where you, my friends, my fellow Americans, need to be really concerned. China has shut their six ports, shut them down. They have ships at sea, many ships at sea. Some things will continue to be delivered. But within three to four weeks, we will have massive, massive shortages on our shelves. This is undeniable. And if we go to war, this will make getting anything a miracle. Doug, do you agree with me on the war part? War will take resources to the war effort and away from the stores and the people? Yeah, yeah, because this is going to be a different war. This is... Uh... <clears throat> If we go to war with Russia, Dave, this is not coin-based operations like we did in Iraq and Africa and Afghanistan. Coin being counterinsurgency operations. This will not be us going to the local mosque and trying to seek help from people or investigate things. This will not be us going to the local tribal leaders and trying to see what aid the the U.S. can give to the people to win them on our sides to quote, win the hearts and minds. This is going to be Russian steel versus American will. And this is something that I recently talked about on my podcast. But Dave, I'll be honest with you, man. I am in fear for my Marines. I'm in fear for my Marines, for the sailors, the soldiers, and the airmen who are about to be involved in a war with Russia, potentially a actual hot war, not just a standoff. We have not seen the likes of such a war since the Cold War. We have not seen such a likes of that war, I, I guess you could say, since the Korean War, one army standing against another. And, you know, Russia already has the home field advantage. And we have, you know, a what an aircraft carrier, uh, you know, about 8,500 troops, so-called, that are going to be steaming their way towards there. 
But what is 8,500 troops versus 170,000? Now, we have NATO allies that are there, and, and no offense to the other nations and our NATO allies, but I fought along some, some of them. I've met many of them, and I'm not overly impressed. Uh, when it comes to the American military, I think we really stand out amongst the world as the premier military in all combat operations. And, I, you know, I'm not not discounting anybody, but uh, we play for, we play on a different set of rules. But Russia, Dave, plays on an entirely different board of a different set of rules. Russia is not afraid to nuke the U.S. Russia is not afraid to use cyber warfare to take down our grid or the banking system or Wall Street. Russia is not afraid to completely landlock us as best as possible through the north and south and the east coast and west coast. Russia is not afraid to use submarines that have a, I guess you could say, a, a suicide drone in it to be launched underneath the water to cause a, a nuclear tidal wave. These are all things they've done before, Dave. Russia is not afraid to do any of that, and they continue to progress with their missile research, and they have surpassed us. They continue to make nuclear arms, and they have surpassed us. What have we done? We taught the boys how to put lipstick on. We actually went backwards in the realms of technology when our troops should be more lethal. Dave, my Marines are the most lethal men on the battlefield, period. And it should stay that way, but it's not that way anymore. And that, not only does that hurt me personally, but it hurts America. America needs lethal warfighters. We don't need wokeness. We don't need the LGBTQRS pedophilia network that is trying to circumvent anything that has to do with an alpha male. We need the alpha males who are not afraid to get into a fight. What are we going to do? And it, no offense, ladies, I, I'm, I'm not trying to pick on anybody. But I was in the I was in the Marine Corps infantry, and I, this is just my personal opinion. Women don't belong in the infantry. When it's a wartime, things get really weird. Things get really bad. And the last thing you need is a bunch of women stuck around a bunch of you know, 18 to 20 somethings who are their only focus in life at that point in time is to find the enemy, close with, and destroy. I don't need women around to distract. And you can look historically at all the horrible things that happens when we have women and men mixed together on bases. There's always different types of sexual things that happen out there that never help the troops. We don't need any of those distractions, Dave, if we're going to fight Russia. And we're going to fight Russia in Ukraine. It's going to be a battlefield. The battlefield will be Ukraine. Ukraine will then more than likely end up having its cities ruined and its populations gunned down by both sides through you know whatever type of firefights that's happening. We have not seen this yet. In today's generation, no one is going to know how to respond to it, but you're going to be forced into it. And the politicians are not going to be there to help you with a call for fire mission. The politicians are not going to be there with the nine line medevac as they're trying to rush you and your buddies out of the hot zone and back into any type of uh, medical facility. We don't have the assets 
that we need to fight a war anymore. We don't have the manpower that we need to fight this kind of a war right now. But we have politicians who are playing Russian roulette with young men and women's lives. And I do not, I don't support it. I rebuke it. We don't need war with Russia. We need to prepare for war with China. But we do not need war with Russia. We have more in common with Russia than we do China. I'm not a, I'm not a lover of Vladimir Putin. I don't like Vladimir Putin. I, I don't want America to turn into Russia. But Dave, when Russia says America is the new Soviet Union, we have to stop and pause. Is he right? And can we win a war against him? I don't know. That was very well said. And, and I don't have an answer to your question. Um, the AI component of this, which has been neglected for years, why we have shipped off AI to the Chinese, our military industrial complex has, has betrayed us. Um, we know in the Cold War, and here's the historical uh, precedent for this. In the Cold War, we discovered after the fact that the CIA had greatly exaggerated Soviet nuclear capability as an excuse to keep the manufacture of arms, particularly nuclear weapons, going. And then uh, we also found out that they leaked technology to the Soviet Union. And it just so happens that the Rosenbergs got caught uh, but a lot of people suspect that they were the intermediaries. And, of course, they were executed for their crime, which they should have been. <clears throat> but we have too many Benedict Arnolds now. We don't have clear lines of patriotism and country loyalty. And I raised this point in the 1970s when I found out what a multinational corporation was when I was in college. I said, well, no wonder that uh, Gulf Oil is supporting both sides of the revolution in Angola. And I said, <laughs> they're making money on both ends. Why wouldn't they? And then Patrick Wood, who's a good friend of mine today, and I'm sure a lot of people you know who Patrick Wood is, he, uh, he wrote a book uh, co-authored with Anthony Sutton, uh, and I read the book in 1980, and it changed my life. It was four years before my father's revelations to me, or the beginnings of this two-year revelation. And he talked about the formation of the Trilateral Commission. And I, I really identified with it because it talked about multinational corporations and how they're not loyal to the host country and that we're losing national sovereignty. And he described how Brzezinski and David Rockefeller set up the Trilateral Commission of Japan, North America, and Western Europe. And I thought, this is unconstitutional. They were making treaties with each other. I said, that requires a two-thirds vote of Senate, unconstitutional. And that was the beginning of the end. Obama signed us into the Kigali Principles, a treaty with no Senate oversight in December of 2016 before he left office. And the Kigali Principles say, based on the UN's own say-so, they can enter any signatory nation of this treaty with the armies of the other signatories of this treaty and make the country the way they think it needs to be. And they can invent the reason for coming in. That's why I'm telling you the UN will be on our, 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 our shore. In fact, let me see if I still have this available here, Doug. The um, clip that I read earlier about truckers going to be intercepted and controlled by the communist Chinese. Um, and they said basically uh, as UN peacekeepers, that is a fact. 
that I believe this is going to happen because I'm well aware of how these things are uh, brought into play. Um, but anyway, yeah, there it is right here. So it's pretty much as I said, Doug, we have treason. And you have Millie. Well, I would have warned the Chinese if we were going to attack them. Like somehow he would be impolite if he didn't do it. That's treason right there. Treason. Well, should, I mean, should, what, would he have, would have, he have warned Osama bin Laden before we came and got him too? You know, I mean, it's this. I have two things for you, Dave. Two things. If we get into war with Russia, a real war, they'll probably have to enact the draft. Mm -hmm. Not my kid. Yeah. And every American who's with me needs to say the same thing. Not my kid. We're not fighting Biden banker wars. The second point I would make is after the draft. What happens to the homeland? Because whenever, and let's just say, if we have to now then ship all these people across the pond to try and contain Russia, what happens when everything starts falling apart here and bombs start going off here? Who becomes the policing force then? Who becomes the military then? Because they can easily divide and conquer. You know, Russia has already talked about if needs be, they'll they'll they automatically will take over any US base that's in Europe. They're just going to bomb it. They've already said it, we're just going to bomb it. Uh, you know, we 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 face an enemy that unlike Joe Biden, Putin means what he says, and he knows what he means. Joe Biden does not have the mental capability to be a wartime president, which is why I say if we get into war with Russia, we will have to have another president. It cannot be Joe Biden. Harris, <laughs> attack now. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'd, I, now, I there's think, no way. No way she can lead. I think if we got into that type of a war, they're going to allow Joe to screw it up. They're going to take him and Harris out, and they're going to put Hillary in. They have to do it stair step. Joe goes first. Hillary becomes vice president. Harris goes second. Hillary's president. Hillary can't win an election. That no. no, I can't say that. But right now, the polls say that Trump would beat her by fifteen points. I don't think Trump is. I. I don't think Trump is going to be allowed the chance to run again. I would agree with that. But okay, so substitute someone else. DeSantis would kick her butt too. Oh yeah, I'm. I mean, the local dog catcher would beat Hillary Clinton in a presidential run. That's not the point. The point is they're going to put the people that they know will do what the elite wants. They'll put those people in power, not what the American people want. We don't want a war with Russia. You know, we, we don't we don't we don't I, I don't mean to say it like this. We don't care what happens in Ukraine. Let Ukraine take care of itself. Let the European Union take care of Russia. If they start to get their butts whooped and then they call in reinforcements, well, then we have to honor that. 
But when we start to stick our nose into other people's business, especially Russia, Russia is extremely vindictive about what they do. They can hit us in ways that can truly cripple our nation and there, there may not be any coming back from it. If they cripple the United States the way that I think they may, we won't be the same. You'll wish Joe Biden was, was still the president. You'll wish Obama was still the president. Because if they cripple us to that extent, we will have to be th recreated uh, from the ashes. And the phoenix that rises from that is, is to me, it's apocalyptic to think about. Because you, you will live under a state of martial law for probably the next 10 years until they figure out what to do with themselves. Because they will annihilate everything that makes America work. And because everything that makes America work runs off electricity, it's not that hard. They've, they've told us before they would do it. Yeah, they use their hackers to attack our grid constantly. I know. I know. It's This is where we're at. And now we're kind of in a wait-and-see mode, and uh, we'll have to see where this goes. Um, this president, by the way, I just read he took $31 million from a CCP Intel offshoot group. Yep. That's the Bidens. Um, it just never ends. And, and and I will tell you why I think he wants into Ukraine so bad, because they have the documents that show his complicity and the complicity of uh, Mitt Romney, Obama, Nancy Pelosi's husband and son, um, um, John Kerry's son-in-law, uh, and their complicity in Rosemont Seneca and uh, Burisma. And uh, it'll, sh in fact, last night uh, on the TV show, we aired something that showed uh, <laughs> the complicity. Uh, we showed how they brought the prosecutors in, the Obama administration did, and for six days trained them how not to ensnare American politicians and their kids. And I showed the documentation, you know, and just, folks, this is why you got to belong to the TV show, because there's things we can do in that forum that we can't do here. Totally. Um, just incredible. Doug, we only got enough time here for you to talk about your show and when it airs. And you got a website now, too. All right. So uh, you can go to www.americanvindictiveshow.com. You can catch my podcast there. You also see my sponsors. Just let you know, ladies and gentlemen, my sponsors is how I get paid. Uh, everything I do here is based off of how many chickens and turkeys I can sell currently. So, uh, you know, we're on a, a feather of a budget, but we're doing what we can, and we're going to continue to make American Vindictive Show really cool. You can find me on gsradio.net. Uh, Go to Podcast on Demand, American Vindicta. Monday to Friday, we air from 11 p.m. to midnight. And we have some amazing topics on there. If you really like history, if you like history, check me out. And on that note, we got a bit of do. Thanks to everyone for joining us. We'll see you back here next time. Doug, thanks for being our guest on the Doug and Dave Intel Report. See you later.